This is Tron Madden, and you're listening to the Browns Huddle Podcast. Enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of the Browns Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hand. We are part of the Zedia Network. That's media spelled with a Z. For more information on the Zedia Network, you can check them out on Twitter at Zedia Network. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan and have a story to tell and would like to share it, hit me up on Twitter. My DMs are wide open. You can find me there at Browns Huddle. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Browns Huddle Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review, and please share the show. It helps more than you'll ever know. This week, we have a very special guest coming to the huddle, Eddie McDonald. You can find him on Twitter, at KingEdwards15. Eddie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. It's good to have you, man. Um, You know, I reached out on Twitter last night. For, for possible guests and I mean you reached out immediately so this was this was a divine appointment we'll just call it that absolutely and tw- that's a great thing about Twitter that's how some things happen like these interviews like this and and other interviews and it's a great great tool to have and it's not always the greatest tool but for things like this absolutely no doubt about it Eddie you're a you're a writer for um, I'm going to give a couple of Twitter accounts, but you're a writer for at my mind on sports at my mind on sports and dog pound daily. You also host a podcast called the petty Eddie podcast. I actually listened to a couple episodes today, man. You're on point, dude. I appreciate that. How do you like writing for, I mean, cause writing and doing podcasts, I believe are a couple of different things. It does make your platform a lot bigger, but how, how do you like writing and, and podcasting in general? Uh, I love doing both. I've been writing since I was a freshman in college back in 2009, uh, writing for the school paper. Uh, I found different websites. I found my mind on sports. I think it was my senior year. I think I started writing for, yeah, 2013, uh, my senior semester, I started writing for them. Uh, been loving writing ever since I've found my calling as a writer long ago as I realized I could not play collegiately or professionally after high school uh so I did the next best thing to stay in sports and I love it I love podcasting too I love talking to different people uh I love asking a bunch of questions because as a writer uh you have to ask questions to get you know some of your stories and stuff and I like also answering questions so this is a perfect platform right here for for me you know hosting a podcast is more work than I ever thought it would be Absolutely. Um, it's also very rewarding because, you know, I get to talk to Browns fans literally across the globe. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to Mick. He's from Australia and we did a, we did an episode on a Saturday morning. They have a 16 hour difference or something crazy like that. But, but that's, that's why I like podcasting it. Just like you, you get to talk to different Browns fans and this is literally why I do it. That's the only reason. Yeah, I just do it because I was a communications major, so I like to communicate, I like to talk. I don't like listening to myself talk, but I like to talk to people and then uh, get their stories. Some athletes have had on, some people are just, you know, my friends that like wrestling and like sports, and that's what my podcast is all about, mixing wrestling and sports and and, and, and dabble in music too a little bit, and then, you know, getting to hear people's stories about, you know, what they like and where they came from. 
Yeah, your, your podcast is a, a, a there's a range to it. It's not just football. You also talk about wrestling, um, yeah. like WWE. What what, what do you talk uh, about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So WWE. So last week, uh, I, the latest episode I just had was with my buddy CJ. Uh, they have their NXT brand, and they just had a pay per view last week. We reviewed that. I guess it was two weeks ago. We reviewed the pay per view. Uh, any wrestling news that comes across, uh, I actually interviewed Rob Van Dam, uh, famous pro wrestler. He was one of my first guests. He was one of my first two or three guests. And just like this, it was just a Twitter reach out. And he's like, sure, DM me. I was like, what? Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, so we break down like pay-per-views or all ask, you know, favorite matches, favorite wrestlers, favorite, you know, storylines and things of that nature. Uh, but, yeah, I don't just stick to wrestling. It's wrestling and sports. And like I said, some music, too. That's awesome. Who, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Okay. What he is, he? He's from the 90s. He, oh, from 90s and 2000s. So oh, he came in late 80s, WWE, and then became huge in the 90s. Left for a little bit. Uh, he had some issues outside of the ring and then came back in 2002. And then, you know, he's just one of the best. And when I was young, that's who I really captivated to at an early age. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm an '80s kid, you know, so for me it was it was Hulk Hogan. That was the guy, right? Back, yeah, back then, so when I was like one or two, that's who I started with. That's my mom, and my cousin, like. Uh, and then after that, it was Shawn. I saw some Shawn Michaels did on the screen. I was like, oh, okay, that that's my guy. Yeah, I, I don't know how they they. I mean, I guess if you want to watch wrestling, it's a pay per view event. Is that how they do it now? I uh, know they have weekly television shows. So the okay. WWE itself has three weekly television shows. Uh, they have Monday Night Raw, which is a household name if, if you like grew up in the you know '90s. No matter how old you were, Monday Night Raw dominated that because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, they have a show on Friday Night, Friday Night SmackDown. They have their developmental brand, which is basically their third brand. It's NXT. It's on right now, actually. And then there's all sorts of different promotions, not just WWE. It's it's various promotions. You know, there's AEW that's on TNT. Uh, that used to be what WCW used to be on in the 90s. Uh, so there's a lot of wrestling on at all times. And then, you know, they do monthly specials and a lot of content for wrestling. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, um, Eddie, when wrestling would come on, it wasn't often. Maybe it was Monday night. I feel like it was like Friday or Saturday night, but it would come on the television. It was special. It was a special deal. And me and my brothers, man, we would gather around the, the television, watch it. And I just remember the iconic wrestlers, you know, Andre the Giant, um, Hulk Hogan, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Um, man, I could go on and on, but it, it was it was cool back then for sure. Yeah, that's how a lot of people got into it. You know, either their family members or their friends, you know, turn it on one day. And then it, it's, a, it's a big spectacle is what it is. You know, everyone calls it fake, but it's really just live entertainment. It's like you're going to see a Broadway show only with action and you know, they have bright lights, they have crazy characters, you know, they have all sorts of stuff and there's usually something for everyone. Uh, maybe not so much anymore. Wrestling isn't as popular as it once was, but still, you know, a, a kid, you know, today could turn it on like, Oh wow. Like you know, they're doing all this stuff and, you know, go try it on the couch, obviously, and hopefully not get hurt. Yeah. If you could have three dream guests on your podcast on the Petty Eddie podcast, who would they be? Yeah, Vincent Man be number one. Uh, number but one. That would be yeah. Vincent Man would be number one. He's uh, you know the owner and CEO of WWE. He has been at the head of that for 
40 plus years now. Someone that I look up to, his work ethic is absolutely insane. He says that, you know, he doesn't, a lot of people around him say he doesn't sleep often. He'll sleep, you know, four or five hours, maybe. Uh, he'll be working out. He's like 73 years old. You know, he just still does whatever he wants to do. He's number one. Number two is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, I'm trying to reach out to him on Twitter. I've been doing that for like a year to no avail yet. Uh, but he was a big wrestler in the 90s. Uh, still a big personality. Even if you don't watch wrestling, you've probably heard of Stone Cold Steve Austin in some way, shape, or form. Uh, he's always on different things. He has a show on USA now. And then number three uh, for right now would be Joe Thomas, who I'm also reaching out to on Twitter. Uh, I think he's a great person to interview. And he was just on the uh, the Yacht Club with Sir Yacht and Gab Gowdy the other night and a great interview. And I've been wanting to interview him for a while, but then hearing him talk to them, I was like, oh, wow. Like, now I really need to ask him some things to follow up what they said. Uh, but yeah, Joe Thomas, great Cleveland Brown Hall of Famer in what, two more years, I think? Two more years. Yep. Yeah. So for, if he's not first ballot, something's wrong. Uh, I know he didn't get to see the playoffs, but hey, uh, a lot of our favorite players over the past de two decades have not. So definitely yeah. those three. Vincent Mann, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, Joe Thomas. Yeah, Joe Thomas is in my top three. There's no doubt about it. And one thing is 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 awesome about this era of technology. You know, 20 years ago, you couldn't just reach out to Vince McMahon or, or Joe Thomas. You you just couldn't do it. But now with Twitter, it's literally at your fingertips. And if you know if you're lucky enough, you can actually reach him and talk to him and and get him on your podcast. That's awesome. Absolutely. Like, that's how I got Rob Van Dam on my podcast. For He had followed me for randomly two or three years. And last year I was like, uh, you know, I tweeted him out, hey, would you want to be on my podcast sometime? He's like, sure, DM me. You know, I was like, oh, whoa, like, that's cool. You know, I was at the bar with my friend. I was like, guys, look at this. I'm like, oh, that's cool. We'll see what he says. See what he says. You know, I, I DM'd him. I was like, hey, you know, when is available for you? I'm, you know, good whenever. He's like, how about we do it tomorrow at like 4 or 4.30? And I was like, oh, deal, done we're good. And yeah. so that was pretty cool. And like you said, that's Twitter. Like you can reach out to almost, and that doesn't mean they're going to respond to you obviously, but you can reach out to literally anyone with a Twitter handle and be like, Hey, do you want to do a podcast? And like you said, 20 years ago, podcasts weren't even a thing. You know, if you want to talk to these guys, you had to like send letters or see them outside of like in the parking lot. Now it's just crazy what technology can do. Well, awesome. Well, listeners of the Browns Huddle podcast, check out Eddie McDonald. He is the host of the Petty Eddie podcast. He talks about professional wrestling and your Cleveland Browns. So be sure to check that out. Let's let's uh let's segue into the NFL, Eddie. The NFL does so much right. They they really do. And this last year was a prime example through a, a global pandemic. They were able to pull off an NFL season, and most didn't think that was possible to do, and they did it. But the NFL, other things that they do right, you know, probably more than any other league in professional sports, throughout the entire calendar year, they always have something to look forward to. It's not just 16 games in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, and then you don't see them for six months. There's stuff in the calendar, you know, like the NFL scouting combine. Now, I know this year it's it's going to be, you know, a lot different because of COVID. Um, then you have free agency. You have the draft. NFL schedule release has become a big deal. OTAs, training camp, Hall of Fame ceremony, and the game. This year, 
for the Hall of Fame ceremony, they're doing two in, in, induction years in one weekend, which is going to be fantastic. And then, you, of course, you have the NFL preseason in the season. What are your thoughts, man, on how the NFL – I mean, because they, they are – they're the only – that I know, the only league in all of sports that's able to capture an audience all year round. Uh, yeah, it, it's great from that perspective because uh, – well, outside, uh, up until this year, as Browns fans, you know, we're getting excited for the reset button and we're getting excited to see who we're going to draft and is it going to be the quarterback that we've been dreaming of for 20 years now? Is it going to be, you know, the next star quarterback? More oftentimes than not, it has not been. But, uh, you know, now we have a draft to look forward. This year we don't have the draft combine. I'm not the biggest draft combine person. I'm not uh, the best when it comes to that type of knowledge of stuff. Uh, but there's always something to look forward to. Free agency is one of my favorite periods for every sport. Not so much baseball anymore because that died down a lot. The hot stove has become rather cold. But in the NFL, you know, teams are lining up. You know, they're talking to teams – players are talking to teams well in advance it's not just the you know march 17th or that's what it is this year but you know middle of march they're talking to teams well in advance they're you know scouting see when they can get on the market and that's exciting you know jj watt he kicked off free agency sort of because he doesn't have to wait till the calendar year new calendar year started uh so that's something that the nfl didn't plan on but it happened and now you know browns fans and a few other teams are like oh okay now jj watt sweepstakes where is he going you know in a little less than a month we have the uh, free agency, which I love. Uh, this year, it's not going to be as wild. I, don't, I mean, it's going to be wild, but not as wild paydays because of the cap hit. Uh, they're going to be lower than this year. But yeah, there's something for everyone. The OTAs, I get a first look at either your rookie quarterback or uh, your new star receiver or your new star defensive player. And then the preseason, I'm not big into preseason games. I know why they're there and I know they're beneficial, but training camps are fun. Going to a Browns training camp for the first time a couple years ago was one of the best things I've went to. Uh, and then you get right into the season. And no matter if your team sucks or if they're one of the best teams, and if you play fantasy football, there's something every week for you, some sort of storyline to get get into. Yeah. I think why I like it is just something to look forward to that's in the near future. I, I go right. through I go through a slight depression phase after the Super Bowl. Because you know that you're, you know, you're not going to be able to see your team for another eight months. So, you, so you go through a week of or yep. two. At least I do. I go through a week or two of that, and then you start. Okay, well, what do we have next? And and then you go. Well, free agency is right around the corner. The scout, scouting combine is coming up. So so you do have some stuff to look forward to. I just love the way the NFL does that does their uh, their events and and how they they made it big. I mean, twenty years ago, the draft wasn't that big of a deal you know maybe 30 years ago they would do the draft in the hotel room and uh and then call the players and oh i'm i'm with the you know the houston oilers now and um but now it's televised they're walking on stage and fans are involved so it's just a i love the way the nfl handles it all yeah i love the draft i love that it's in cleveland this year i don't know if we're going to be able to go to it i'm assuming there's going to be some capacity uh based on those people at Cavs games right now, and they're going to announce, I think it's tomorrow, uh, that'd be Thursday, that if the Indians can have, or the Cleveland team, whatever you want to call them this year, if they can have fans or not. Uh, but, yeah, the draft is a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of times people are like, oh, that player's, you know, they shouldn't take him here. They should have taken this person. Well, in retrospect, no one's going to know that for another two, three years, you know, unless they get like an outstanding rookie. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. They really do a great job with the draft. Last year, the draft was incredible, even though it was 
no remote because of the pandemic. Uh, but yeah, the, I love the draft of the NFL every year. Even if I don't know half the players that, and I watch college football a lot, but I'm not, you know, the most knowledgeable of college players. But yeah, like you said, the draft is a lot of fun. And 20, 30 years ago, it wasn't as fun to watch. It was sort of boring and lackluster. Let's move into some headlines, starting with Ben Roethlisberger. It was reported yesterday as we're recording this that Ben Roethlisberger is coming back as a Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> you know, and, and when you looked on Brown's Twitter, it, it was a, a lot of people, most people were excited about that, you know. Um, ben, ben did great for the fir- first 11 games, and then he kind of hit a brick wall and – they did end the season with uh, what they finished twelve and four. So, th- so they had a good year, but that's after starting eleven and zero. What are your thoughts on Ben Roethlisberger coming back with the Pittsburgh Steelers for at least one more year? I love it personally for a few reasons. Number one, he's not getting any younger. He's you know he's getting older. Number two, he's he showed a lot of regression in the second half of the season. Yeah, they started eleven and zero, and he had some some great games, and then. Uh, I think he started falling off before that 11-game mark, before their first loss. Uh, he showed signs of regression. Number three, their offensive line is depleted. You know, uh, Pouncey just announced his retirement. Uh, there goes their center, who you know helped us out tremendously in that playoff game. Uh, he's aging. He's his. I don't know how his elbow. Is. It looked fine last year for the most part, but all they do is dink and dunk. Uh, he doesn't throw the ball downfield like he once did. Uh, I don't think he really has the weapons to do so but I love it. I love that he's back because now, now that we have beaten him in the playoffs, he was our, you know, our arch nemesis because he would just, just, just destroy us every year. You know, even earlier in the, in the Brown season, he, he led the team to, you know, 38 to six against the Browns. And I've hated Ben Roethlisberger for many years because of that. And uh, like a lot of Browns Twitter, I'm very excited because as I said, he's aging, he's regressing. His offensive line isn't that good, and their cap isn't that good. And he's going to be a big reason that cap isn't the greatest. I know they're going to restructure his deal, but I love it. For, as a Browns fan, I love it. Yeah, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're going to go around the AFC North in just a second, but when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, you'd mentioned their offensive line. It's it's not that good. They're, they're losing nope. key players. They're going to have to replace in the draft or free agency. Their running game's not that good. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, he might be there. He might not be there. Like you said, they're over the cap. They're over the cap. What are they? Um, I just let me look this up. They are over the cap by nineteen million dollars right now. Yeah. So they they, they got some um, they got some moving and shaking to do. It's not looking good for them. And as you said. You know, after even before 11, you know, they went 11-0, but before 11 games, he wasn't looking like the Ben Roethlisberger that we once knew or the Pittsburgh Steelers once knew. The NFL's going to possibly, sounds like they are going to move it to 17 games. It's just going to get even worse for, for Ben Roethlisberger. So as a Browns fan, I'm all about it, man. Bring him back. Absolutely. You know, and I don't know. the last time we saw know. him, he was crying. The last time we saw him, our, our team made him cry. Yeah. That was the that was one of the best feelings of my entire life when they won that game and then afterwards he's sitting there on the bench crying. I want more of that. Exactly. I want yeah. We're we're younger, faster, they're older and depleted is what I'm I'm looking at yep. right now. Absolutely. Um, the, the key to to the the key is winning the AFC North. 
That that's what that's what we want to do as an organization. I'm going to ask this questions a few times this off season. Um, I'm going to ask it now to you, and then after free agency, after the draft, and certainly before the season. But where do you see each team finishing this year in the AFC North? Let's start with the Bengals. Uh, I see them going at the bottom again. Uh, they showed signs last year under Joe Burrow. He played extremely well before his injury. Uh, he's I don't know when exactly that happened, but I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. I don't know when he's going to be there. Uh, even with him, though, they have a bunch of holes to fill all over the place. Uh, their offensive line uh, is not that good. Their defense isn't that good. Uh, so I'd see anywhere from three to five wins maybe I'd give them, give or take, you know. Uh, and depends on how he comes back and if he plays well. Uh, we'll move up. I think the Steelers, uh, a lot of people, I saw John Clayton, I think you said we're going to talk about him later, but John Clayton has them as a 10-win team next year, I think he said. Uh, I see them as more of a anywhere from like seven or eight wins, like for all the reasons we just said. They're, they're not getting any uh, younger in a lot of key positions. They have a lot of holes to fill. They don't have a lot of money to do so. They do draft well for the most part. Uh, you know, they it seems like they draft a great receiver every couple years. Uh, they draft great defensive players every couple years. Uh, but if Ben Roethlisberger is who Browns fans are thinking he's going to be and wanting him to be, then I don't see them winning more than eight games. Uh, and that's a great feeling to have because normally that's us. Hey, you, the Browns aren't going to win more than eight games. Uh, <clears throat> the Ravens, I think they're going to be extremely tough as well. Uh, they are going to probably win 10, 11, 12 games. Uh, I think both them and the Browns can win that. Uh, Lamar Jackson is an X factor. He can't throw the ball uh, all that well. Uh, I think this offseason, if they get more of a true sense of an offseason, uh, he'll get a little bit better at that because he wasn't terrible at Louisville doing that. Uh, he can't. He's shown signs he can do that, but it's his legs that make him dangerous. And they're just a good football team up and down. And I think they're, you know, 10, 11, 12 win team. And I think the Browns are right in that same same category and we obviously don't know what's going to happen with JJ Watt or any other free agents or the draft. Uh, but building momentum from last year into this year was huge. And, you know, I think Baker takes another step up. I think that uh, they get faster on defense and I think that's what they're going to have to do. Uh, but the, the front office, I think is in good hands. So I, I have them or the Ravens winning the division. Uh, you know, obviously we'll have to decide that further down the road once free agency hits, once the draft hits. But I think it's up to those two teams. The Bengals will be the uh, at the bottom, and the Steelers will be in the middle somewhere, and hopefully towards the bottom with Cincinnati. But I see them as an eight-win team. I'm right with you, man. I, I think the the Bengals. I do think the Bengals are going to be more competitive in years to come. I, I really do. I think Joe mm -hmm. Burrow is a good quarterback. I was listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. They are also part of the Zedia network and the host of that show, Frank, he's a, he's a good friend of mine, but he was talking about Joe Burrow and, and his injury. And he's not sure that Joe Burrow will be ready for, for week one. Although he did say that with Joe Burrow, how competitive he is and how, you know, how much he wants to get back. He thinks that even if he's not a hundred percent percent that he's going to try to be back for week one, but yeah, it's just a question mark as to, as to even if he is ready week one, even if Joe Burrow plays all 16, 17 games, I see them as a five or six win team next year. I just think they have too many holes to fill. They, they've, I mean, they do. They've got a lot of 
unanswered questions that, that, that they have to address this free agency and the draft. So they're a five or six win team. The Steelers, I, I see them as a nine to 10 win team. I think you said 10. I said eight, seven eight, or eight. Seven or eight. So yeah, I see them as a nine to 10 win team. That's a well-run organization, as you mentioned. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he might be older, but I think he can still play in this league. He's going to get some wins for him. That's just, there's no doubt about it. But I do see them as the third team in this division at this point. Right. You know, we, we do have free agency to get through. We have the draft to get through. And my opinion might change a little bit, as yours probably will as well. Yeah. I'm with you as, as far as the, the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. I think that's the battle right there. Mm-hmm. For this coming season, that's the battle. Yep. If you had a guess, how many wins do you think it'll take for the AFC North Championship? I mean, eleven. Uh, I think I think twelve was the just like this year. Twelve was the number. You know, they finished the Steelers finished a game ahead of both Baltimore and uh, Cleveland. Uh, I think twelve is the magic number for uh, this division, and it, it's tough to get to because you know this division is tough. You know, the Browns beat the Bengals twice last year, but it wasn't easy in either of the games uh they got blown out by both the ravens and steelers and then beat the steelers and then that, that the, the game of the year with the ravens and uh, i think a lot more going forward are going to be games like that with the ravens uh you know, so 12 wins i'd say is whoever whoever gets to 12 or gets to 12 first wins the division yeah 12 wins man it just sounds like a lot uh right. i i remember last year I, I never knew how you always hear people go, Oh yeah, they're going to be this team or that team's going to be 10 or 10 and six. And you're like, okay, that's a pretty good record. I didn't realize how difficult it was to get to 10 wins until last year. Yeah. When it's your yeah. team trying to get the 10, that's a hard thing to do to get 10 wins in this league. Right. And it's not easy to win in the NFL. And I'm glad that Kevin Savansky have had the go one and oh for the week. You know, he wasn't trying to get to nine and seven. He wasn't trying to get to any of the, he was trying to go one and oh for the week. And I think it's the mindset you have to have, but like you said, 10 wins is incredibly tough to get. I mean, a win in the NFL alone is hard to get. And then you have to get 10 plus to get in the playoffs. Not easy. I mean, Miami just made or had 10 wins and did not make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you can get four wins in the division, you know, four and six. And uh, let's see, is that right? Let's see. We played, we were three and three last year. We were three and three in the division, but I I mean, four, four wins in the division. I don't know. Can we win five? The, the, the Bengals. I mean, we had a close game against them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones catches one, the end zone. We come away with a, a victory there. You know, if you're asking me right now, I'd say we can beat the, the Bengals twice. And then, Man, you know, I know the Steelers are going to be, you know, a nine, eight or nine win team, but, you you know, I'd like to think that we'll still probably split with them. And then with the Ravens, if we split with them, that would be good. So four and six in the division, then you got to find six more wins out of the division. Yeah. So four wins in the division, you could probably give them four or five, but I'd set the low at four uh, because. I mean, granted, you should beat the Bengals twice, and they did. The, the Browns did this past season, uh, but they also didn't play well against the Steelers and Ravens the first go around, and then they made the adjustments against the Ravens. You know, just in that great game that 
uh, Lamar Jackson had to come back from. I wish he wouldn't have come back from that. I'm glad he was healthy and everything, and I'm glad we got all those memes and jokes and all that. Uh, but, yeah, four wins, and then you got to find six other wins, which this year is going to be a lot harder because of the uh, schedule that the AFC North has. They get the AFC West, uh, you know, home of the, the Chiefs and the Raiders who beat us last year. So, yeah, four wins. If you can get four wins in this AFC North, that's probably pretty good. Yeah, and that's to get to 10 wins. If we're talking about 11 to 12 wins, you're probably going to need to win five out of the six games in the division, which I think is possible. I really do. I yeah, I think the Browns are definitely on on the rise. There's a lot of question marks on the, the defense. I understand that, but you know, this offseason, just like last year with us addressing the the offensive line, I think that you know Stefanski and um Andrew Barry and company will will do a good job addressing the defense to help us out there. But yeah, I I think we're in agreement, man. Bengals in the basement, but they will improve and, and they're mm-hmm. going to be a team to be reckoned with in the future, just not this year. Steelers third, Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns fighting for that AFC North championship. I think we're ready. I do. Yeah, I think I think we are too. It, it's There's a lot of signs that point forward for us and now it's up to the front office now. Now the players did what they could and now it's the front office's turn and then it'll be the players again once, uh, you know, April and May hits for the uh, or if we get them in person OTAs. Yeah. I'm hoping for that. Aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like it last year sucked for everyone. Uh, there's not a person listening to this. that had a great 2020. Uh, there's not a person that isn't listening to this. that had a great 2020. So I'm hoping that uh, as a society, we can move forward and more, you know, for my entertainment purposes, football can move forward because it, it was crazy seeing how everyone was doing things virtually last year in remote and then even with that you know the browns still won 11 games and won a playoff game and and so now the front office has to do their part and like you said defense is the key this offseason you know i can't think of a more opportune time for the browns to do what they did as you said 2020 was just a tough year for everybody you know with the with the quarantine and the wearing masks in public and you know, everybody's afraid they're going to get COVID. A lot of people did get COVID. We lost mm-hmm. a lot of lives due to that. And for the Browns to do what they did to, to get 11 wins during the regular season, make it to the playoffs and actually win a playoff game. I can't think of a better gift. They, I, I couldn't think of a better thing that they could have done for us. And it was just the perfect time for them to do what they did. Absolutely. It was, <laughs> it was the perfect, as of now, it was the perfect hire in Stefanski. That was step one. And then the second one was Andrew Barry, who was a couple weeks after him. And then, you know, off to the races they went, they, they shirt up that offensive line. Uh, you know, they got some help there. They, they got, they put uh, that line in front of Baker and that really helped him uh, in his third season. But this year, like we said, it's defense. And if they can duplicate their mentality from last year, because as Stefanski said in his, uh, end of season meeting with the players. I don't know if you saw that or not, but there's all the players on the zoom and they're all muted. He's talking to them and, you know, be proud of this and look around to the guys that are on these screens with you because not everyone's coming back next year. And that's just the nature of the business. And, you know, Browns fans everywhere want to hold on to every single player that was on this past team, because, you know, it was an 11 win team, the best team that even better than the 2007 team when they, and the 2002 team when they went to the playoffs, but they, like you said, if they can replicate what they did in the offseason last year to defense and then 
translate that and get them on the same page, there's no reason the Browns can't, you know, beat the Chiefs in a, in a game next year in the playoffs. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, all right, let's talk about Andrew Barry and, and Kevin Stefanski. And we, we saw what they did with the offense last year. We, mm-hmm. we saw it. Um, they, they, they fixed an offensive line. I mean, the year before that, Baker Mayfield was running for his life. Yep. He was slinging it all over the place, making mistakes, throwing picks, throwing interceptions. And we saw Andrew Barry and Stefanski brainstorm, and they fixed it. They, you know, Baker Mayfield by midseason was comfortable back there. He really was. He was comfortable yep. in that pocket. He was picking his shots, um, pretty much playing mistake free football as far as throwing picks. I mean, he threw a couple the last eight games, but it was really. He threw one. One in the last like uh, nine weeks of the season, one interception. <laughs> yeah, so they they fixed the the offense last year. How confident are you that they they're going to fix the defense this off season? Uh, very confident, just because what they did last year with that offensive line that was the the main focus of last off season. Hey, get Baker protection. Let him be able to be in the pocket and have a clean pocket and step up and throw the football where he needs to. And he showed. There's video evidence all over wherever you want to go to find that. Uh, he can put the ball wherever he wants it, whenever he wants it. It's just a matter of getting comfortable. Uh, you know, him and some of his receivers have great chemistry. Uh, but their defense last year, they saw firsthand what they needed to do against the Chiefs. They were slow. They were a slow defense most of the year. Uh, they gave up 20-something points, 25 or 26 points a game. Uh, that's not going to cut it in the league. That's not going to get you many wins. I mean, it got them a lot of wins because they had an offense to combat that, but you can't always count on that. But I'm very confident in that. They have they don't have all the cat space in the world like they did last year. They had a ton last year. Obviously, they use that to shore up that offensive line, but they have enough cap space to get guys. And this year, guys, like I said earlier in the show, aren't going to be as paid as what they are uh, normally because of the cap hit coming down. The cap will be about 185, I think they're projecting it. Uh, and I think the Browns will have about 29 or so million once this, you know, said and done. Uh, so a lot of guys are going to get these two year deals and then, you know, see what happens after that. Yeah. I I think we're going to see a lot of two year deals across the board. And when you look at the cap space for, for different teams, you, you look at the bottom of the list and as it sits right now, the, the new Orleans saints are 69 and a half million over the cap yep yeah and that's going to come down to because of drew Brees' contract but right now as it, as it sits 69 million is a crazy amount of money to have over the cap so they're going to have to get rid of some players uh i believe they're gonna have to make a decision on marshawn Lattimore or michael thomas which one are they going to keep there uh Lattimore has been linked to the brown i think Lattimore would be a good uh trade target for the browns if uh you know if he's able to be there long-term because you don't want to give up the draft capital for a one-year rental. The same thing goes for Stephon Gilmore. Uh, that's another, I wrote about that for dog pound day the other day, just, just linked to the Browns yet again. Uh, someone from uh pro football fo- focus had uh, like 10 reasonable trades or realistic trades that could happen. And one was the Browns trading a, their third round pick this year, number 89 overall and a sixth round pick next year for Stephon Gilmore. They might be able to do something like that with the Saints because, like I said, I think the Saints have to choose between Lattimore getting him paid or Mike Thomas getting paid. And we don't need Mike Thomas, but Lattimore would sure help. 
they got to make some decisions over there yeah. in New Orleans. You know, and you look at the Eagles, they're 40, almost $43 million over the cap. The, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the Super Bowl champ, um, runner-up, they weren't Super Bowl yeah. champions, but Super Bowl runner-up, they're $23 million over the cap. I mean, it's just nuts. And then you look at the Browns right now as it sits, we're $20 million under the cap. You know, yeah. so yep. And then, so, like I said, that's going to be adjusted. And I think they're projected to have about, I think I read the other night when I was doing writing something uh, about twenty nine million. So that that's enough for you, you know, like the two year deals. Like the players aren't going to get the four and five year deals. Uh, no, then they also have to think. The Browns also have to think about Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward. Uh, they have some decisions of their own to make. So it's not going to be an easy off season. Just be like, all right, well, you know, last year they spent a bunch of money on the O line. But I think Barry is smart enough and Stefanski is smart enough and uh, everyone else in that organization is smart enough to realize, hey, how can we maximize with what we have? And last year they showed they can do it. And I have 1000% confidence that they can do that this year. Not saying that's going to result in a Super Bowl or, you know, even the division uh, or even two playoff wins, but it's going to make them a lot better. And hopefully they get faster on defense. Yeah, Eddie, me and you, I mean, we're just fans, right? And mm-hmm. and you look yep. on Twitter, we're all just fans. Nobody really mm-hmm. knows what's going to happen, um, you know, who we're going to sign. It's fun to talk about, and that's what we're sure. doing now. But like like you said, you brought up a good point. It feels so good knowing that we have minds like Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta, Kevin Stefanski, we have those guys that are that are behind the scenes right now putting together a game plan of how to make this football team better. And it's fun to talk about, but it also is fun to know that these guys are the ones that are that are making our game plan for this year because we saw what they did last year with the offense. Very impressive. Very impressive. So, man, <laughs> you know, just knowing who's going to be making the decisions and how much – you know, Arsenal we have, and we have nine picks in the draft. We're at this point $20 million under under the cap. As you said, once we know the real cap number, it'll probably be 25 to 29 million. We we got some some weapons, we got some money to spend, we have some draft picks. So I, I like our chances, man. Yeah. Really and one it. more thing to add to that, you were just talking about the behind the scene. Look at just what the Browns did last year without Stefanski in the first playoff game. You know, they didn't have him. He put together that game plan all week for them. And, you know, luckily the coaches and players executed to almost perfection in that game. So if they're doing that on a week's notice with uh, uh, the biggest game of the past 22 years of the Browns history, then I've, that's why I have full confidence in them to do that because they have a whole offseason now. You know, they ended a week earlier than, you know, what they wanted to, uh, which is what it is. It was a great season, but they weren't happy with that. I mean, they were, but they weren't in. So if they have a, a week to figure out, all right, what are we going to do without Stefanski? Oh, wait, he's the one running this. All right, well, he gave us the plan. Barry and him have, you know, a month, month and a half now to see. Oh, I, I guess two months because free agency next month, the draft the next month after that. So that's just that, – it's a great thing to be a Browns fan to think about. The $20 million under the cap and two great minds just like, okay, we, we're fine. Just relax. But as you said, we're all fans and – we have no idea what's happening. We have no idea what's happening. And and no, there's no moles either. Like nobody's talking. And that's what I love. You don't mm-hmm. hear a peep out of Andrew Barry, 
Kevin Stefanski. I mean, I heard Andrew Barry on, I think he was on the Ken Carmen show for a a brief interview and he, you know, he wasn't saying anything. (laughs) I mean, that's good. Just staying politically correct answers, which I love. Um, That's different. You know, Jimmy Haslam haven't heard from him. That's Mm -hmm. different than past Browns regimes, past Browns. I mean, we would be hearing all these interviews and blah, 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 you know, I, I just love the way they're running this organization, man. Everybody's rowing in the same direction. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it just exciting to be a fan of it. Uh, but for those listening on Brown's Twitter, there is a lot of discord that, you know, oh, we need to sign JJ Water. We need to sign so-and-so. We need to trade this. You know, we need to trade OBJ. And, you know, Baker was better without all this. At the end of the day, we don't make those decisions, which is it's cool. We, I love talking about things like this. Absolutely. It's fun to fantasize. It's sort of like playing fantasy football, only, you know, you don't get to control anything. You know, you get to control your roster in fantasy football. You don't get to control the Browns roster. And things like Colin Coward, and I just wrote something about him today, take anything he says with a grain of salt. Because even if, if you're listening to this now and you're agreeing uh, with us and what we're saying, fantastic. But that doesn't mean we're right. I could be dead wrong about everything. I could be in, you know, but like the national media, a lot of people still give Baker, uh, they don't give him the credit he deserves. But don't listen to that as gospel because if Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski don't think a player is going to work there, they won't be there. Trust me. Let's talk about this is a good segue to to JJ Watt. He has been he's taken up a lot of my time. <laughs> JJ yep. Watt has. I have thought a a lot about him in the past couple weeks. I've tweeted about it. I. You know, if you if you look at my Twitter feed and what I type, you know I want JJ Watt on this team. I do, I do. I want him on this team. I think he'll he'll help this defense. I you know, I I just would love to see him on the opposite side of Miles Garrett. I I think that they would be game changers, game changers. I mean, game wreckers. They would get after the quarterback. I just think it would be a wonderful sight to see. On my way home today from work, um. I, I stopped at the store. I was picking some things up and I, I looked at my phone and I saw a notification from John Clayton stated on his radio show that JJ Watt is out on Pittsburgh and has narrowed it down to three teams, the Packers, the bills and Titans. And the dark horse is the Raiders. My heart dropped when I heard that. I'm like, no, he later, I don't know if you saw this tweet, but he later, had a tweet. You know what happened, right? Well, he, that, that leaked out and, and Brown's Twitter probably went exploded exploded, and he had to do some damage control, but um, let me, let me pull up what he tweeted. He said, um, people are misinterpreting what I said on the radio show today. I said, Tennessee, Green Bay and Buffalo are the leading teams for JJ Watt, but not the final three. Watt hasn't narrowed his list as if JJ Watt would leak to John Clayton anyway, but he said the Cleveland Browns are still in. So are the Raiders. He has a dozen teams that are after him. And this is when I thought that he he was hearing from a lot of Browns fan. He, he later tweeted, by the way, on that same broadcast, they asked me which team would be the best in the AFC North. I leaned towards Pittsburgh, but came back strongly and said Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland would be 10-win teams. 
Remember last spring, I said the Browns would be a wild card team. So he was doing some damage control yeah. on Twitter tonight. But what are, what are your thoughts, man, on J.J. Watt? Good fit, bad fit? Do you want him, not want him? Where do you stand? Okay, so first off, he would be a great fit. Uh, if you pair him up with Miles Garrett, you can even put him on the, the opposite edge or you can move him inside uh, when you need to. Uh, one of them is going to get to the quarterback almost at all times. They might not sack them but they're going to hurry them a lot. They might hit them a lot. Uh, last year alone, J.J. Watt was the most double-teamed edge defender in the NFL, So, and he had no one else with him in Houston. That He had no one like a Miles Garrett in Houston. You pair him with a Miles Garrett, who is you know top two, three, four, five defensive you know, lineman in the league, that's going to spell trouble for a lot of teams, and I would love to see him there. At the same time, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I would, like I said, I would love to see him there. Love to see that pairing of 99-95. That would be fantastic, and I think that it would really help the Browns tremendously. But J.J. Watt is not the only option that is available uh, to the Browns, and I hope Browns fans can understand that and not get too invested in the J.J. Watt talks. Uh, like I've seen you tweet about, I've seen countless others tweet about you know how they want him so bad and yes i would love to have him i'm not saying i would not want to but there are other guys that aren't i'm not saying they're jj watt level but they would be good with miles garrett because if miles garrett's gonna get double maybe triple team here's whoever else they can get and some of those uh, players include von miller shaq lawson uh bud dupree i think from the steelers he's coming off an injury so i don't think he's going to be as uh Jack as barrett. expensive yeah shaq barrett and and Bud Dupree, I, I, I'd really love the Browns to sign Bud Dupree because he's coming off an injury, uh, so he's not going to be as expensive as what he would have been had he hit the open market uh, after a healthy season. But I love J.J. Watt. I, I love watching him play. And I, I said last year it looked like he was washed up. But then after I, you know, I read did some research, he was getting double teamed the, the most of any you know edge defender. And on I think it was like 30% of the snaps, and everyone's like, oh, he only had five sacks. And, and all this well yeah that's what's going to happen when you're the best defensive player on your team and they know that and they're going to zone in on you and you're not going to get to their quarterback that's what you know good teams do and or even bad teams they want to protect their quarterback so i would love jj watt i'm not going to get my hopes up on jj watt i'm also not going to believe anything until adam Schefter tweets out jj watt has agreed to a x amount of year x amount of dollar deal with x and x team i, I think Cleveland is the best fit. He said, so he said, what, he had three things, right, that he had at the top of his wish list of things that would determine where he went. Quarterback, uh, supporting personnel, and money. So money, the Browns have it. Supporting personnel, Miles Garrett, we just talked about it. Quarterback, I think we have it. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of debate about Baker Mayfield, good or bad. Uh, but Oh, and he wanted to be like on a contender. The Browns are very much so a contender. And so he'd be the best fit. That'd be the best fit for him. But I could see him also going to maybe like a Buffalo. I mean, here, here's what I'm looking at. We averaged just over two sacks per game last year. 2.2 to be exact. I found this interesting when doing that research. The Pittsburgh Steelers led the league in sacks in 2017 2018, 2019, and 2020, with an average of about three sacks a game. 
it, it doesn't sound like a big difference, you know, when you're, you know, about a sack a game difference, but it is having a guy like JJ Watt on the other side, I think would move us to the top two or three, possibly even one in the whole entire league. And you know, when I, when I look at a sack, that's a drive killer. When you sack a quarterback, that pretty much kills the drive. So sacks are important. You know, I know it's exciting to see the sack and, you know, we jump up and down and, and it is exciting, but one of the things that does, man, it changes the game. And, when you think about a a football team like the Cleveland Browns that have a Miles Garrett on one side and a JJ Watt on the other, and then you have the interior, you know, Sheldon Richardson and Andrew Billings, I think would be the other one that, that, that gets my blood flowing. I mean, that to me, when you're talking about fixing a defense, it's got to start with the defensive line. And I think that a JJ Watt would be an excellent fit for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, absolutely, and he would. He would. I think they have everything that he would need to be successful there. Uh, he's played in. I think in the past five seasons, he's missed thirty-two games and has played in thirty-two games, which is not ideal. Uh, he's not. He's not the player he was when he was winning Defensive Player of the Year, and all that. But he is still very good. And if you give him a start with, you know, the 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 Miles Garrett on the other side of him, I mean, look at what Olivia Vernon did last year with Miles Garrett on the other side. He. This, the first half of the season didn't start off very well for him. We finished with like eight sacks in eight games or nine sacks in eight games, something like that, uh, before, you know, obviously going out with the injury. And he it, he's a good player, but he's not J.J. Watt. You put J.J. Watt in that role, and like you said, there's that 2.2 goes up to maybe, you know, 2.8 or higher, and a whole different outcome could come of the season. Totally. You know, and how many times did we see Miles Garrett get double teamed, triple teamed, he was working his butt off for, for every pressure, every sack that he got last year. By the way, he had COVID, so he had to battle that too. I think that, that, that getting a player like J.J. Watt on that other side is going to help out not only the player on that side, but it's going to help out Miles Garrett. It's going to help him to flourish. And we just paid him a monster deal. Yep. Um, Let's let's utilize that. Let's get its full potential by putting somebody on the other side that that offensive lines they have to pay attention to. You, right. You, you can't have a JJ Watt and a Miles Garrett and go, okay, I'm gonna double team this guy. No, that's not gonna work because then th- you can't do that. So nope. I, man, I'm all about it. And like you said, I know he's not the only answer, but he would be a good one. He'd be he would one. be a good one. And like I said, I'm not getting my hopes up. Uh, I'm going to hope that we get him, but I'm not going to invest in it a bunch like I would in past years. Uh, I think like last year, I didn't invest too much in things. I, I really did want uh, Conklin on the team, and I really invested a lot in him. I was like, All right, let's, let's get him, please. And we got him. And uh, you know, NFL just you know tweeted out a thing that you know the their best option isn't JJ Watt, and I don't know who it is. I think obviously I'm doing this, so I didn't click on the article, but. It, it's going to be fun. It, it, this is a fun time. This is this is an added bonus for the NFL, you know, because we're basically going to sit idly and, you know, I'm going to write and there's going to be thousands of other people writing about, oh, this person is the best fit for this team or this team should target this player in free agency. Well, now we don't have to wait for that. We have J.J. Watt. And I know he's not the J.J. Watt of yesteryear, but he's still pretty darn good. And, uh, and the numbers aren't going to always say that, like five sacks isn't great for his caliber 
but there's a lot more that goes into it than just, oh, he had five sacks in 16 games. You, you know, and I know this has been said before on, on other sports shows and, and we've seen it on Brown's Twitter, but I, I really would be okay with getting a J.J. Watt and then turn around and use our 26 pick on also a defensive end, the top defensive end on, on the board because, you know, J.J. Watt is 32 years old. He's not going to last forever. So he's going to need some blows. <laughs> you know, he's not yeah. going to be able to play – you know, three down. I mean, he's not, he's going to have to have some rest. So Mm -hmm. drafting a defensive end high in the first round, you know, 26 overall pick, I think that would be good. You know, that, that could help alleviate um, JJ Watts uh, playing time and also be able to groom him to take over when JJ Watt retires. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for me personally, I hope they go cornerback in the uh, first round. Uh, just because uh, Denzel Ward, uh, him and Baker, their fifth-year options are going to get picked up. But Denzel Ward hasn't been the healthiest, hasn't played a full season yet. Uh, when he is on the field, he's very good. And I love Denzel Ward, one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, was one of my favorite players to watch in college. Uh, but we need speed there. And Greedy Williams, we don't know what he's going to be because he missed his whole season. And I think the last quarter of the season before with his shoulder injury, uh, we thought he was going to come back this year, and then it just never progressed. Uh, so I'm with you. If, if there's a, if the best player available is defensive end, I'm not going to be mad at them taking that. Uh, but I, I hope it's cornerback because then even if the uh, you know, defensive end situation doesn't work out, I know we'll be covered in, in the secondary, which we weren't a lot this year. And uh, it cost us some games and almost cost us some others. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Defense. I hope we go all defense in the, in the draft, honestly. And and in free agency, and if it was up to my dad, my dad would have uh, like three or four defensive linemen, three or four different defensive linemen besides Miles Garrett. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm right there with you. It, if there's a great defensive uh, end on the board at 26, take him. Our dads, Eddie, are similar. My dad's a defense guy. He loves oh, those edge dad, rushers, and yeah. my dad loves playing GM from the couch. And you know, uh-huh. every, every game. And this year was exciting because you know we got to text about meaningful. You know Browns games in a, in a playoff game, and uh, you know he, he's saying, "Oh, you know next year better be." I said that every penny better be spent on defense next year, and he's like, "Yeah, all defensive linemen, except and to give Miles some help." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, Dad, let's let's calm down a little." But he had help; it just wasn't enough help. Well, you know he is partly right. You can't have too many defensive linemen. You know we saw last year we needed them. <laughs> yep. For sure. You know, the Browns defense ranked 21st in the league last year, giving up 26.2 points per game. You'd mentioned that earlier. You, you were just guessing, but you guessed 26 points a game and that was right on the money. Um, you know, to, to give us a yardstick, let's look at the two teams that were in the Super Bowl. The Bucks, they, they ranked eighth with 22.2 points per, per game. Their defense giving up in Kansas city ranked 11th with 22.6 points per game. Now that's only about four points, but man, that's a, that's a lot of points in the NFL. So we had mentioned this earlier, but bolstering our defense and, and getting that number down is only going to help our offense. Right. So absolutely. Because the offense did their part. They tried helping the defense a bunch because they had a lot of eight, nine, 10 yards, 75 or, play 75 yard drives 
there was a lot of those, like a lot more than I realized when I saw a number a few weeks ago. I was like, whoa, that's quite a bit. But then, you know, the defense would allow teams back in it. And, you know, not to their fault, they were just slow. They were just a slow defense. Uh, and to compete with teams like the Chiefs, and if they would have made to face the uh, Bills, you know, they have a bunch of weapons on the outside, especially Diggs. So they have to get faster outside and they have to get more pressure on the quarterback. But yeah, four points, it doesn't seem like a lot. Like, oh, that's, you know, less than a touchdown. Well, it's not always easy to get less than a touchdown in the NFL. And uh, 22 points is what the Chiefs gave up. And that's exactly what they ended with when they ended the Brown season. And, uh, you know, the Browns get four more points in that game, the four point differential, and they go on to face the Bills. Well, we're talking about a different ball game there. Right, absolutely. And so it's crazy, like you said, how four points is doesn't seem like a lot. It's less than a touchdown, but more than a field goal. And that was the difference in this season. And but yeah, if they can get that down, if they can get in like the top fifteen, I'd say, twelve to fifteen, I think they'd be in a lot better shape. What what are you what are in your opinion, what are our biggest needs on defense? Uh, yeah, cornerback for sure. Got to have uh, – Andrew Barry said you can never have too many corners, and I agree with him. You need depth there, uh, especially with Denzel Ward not ever playing a full season. Uh, when he does play, very good. Pro bowler's rookie year, uh, but he has had some injuries. I think he missed three games or four games this year, and then Greedy Williams don't know what he's going to be. Uh, Grant Delphit was the safety that missed the season. Uh, I think he was going to – he would have helped a lot. So I think – First and foremost, cornerbacks and and anyone in the secondary, so cornerbacks and safeties, because we I think we have some free agents that are uh, corners that were hurt last year that were on one-year deals, uh, and then defensive line. So those are the two biggest things on defense. Uh, first is secondary, cornerbacks particularly, and then uh, defensive linemen, whether that's interior or edge, whichever one gives us the best chance to put the quarterback on the ground. Cornerback position is, is a little – scary we're a little fragile at that position Mm -hmm. in in my opinion that's Um, the greatest word to put for it is fragile and and that's not like anything negative to say about it just they they get hurt and that's just the nature of of football you know you have to deal with injuries and i swear we have an injured cornerback every year every single year no matter if it's just for a couple games one misses the season we have a, a cornerback that is just out for the season or doesn't play to his full potential because of an injury yeah, I would like us to attack it this way. I would like them to sign a free free agent cornerback, also a safety, and then also draft a cornerback and draft a safety. Um, I, I don't know who's available. I mean, Stephon Gilmore, we'd have to trade for him. He's not a Trade free for agent. him, and then he would have to – if the Browns wanted to trade for him, and as I wrote about the other day for Dog Pound Daily – uh, they can trade for him all they want, and the pro football focus guy, I cannot think of his name right now, uh, he was saying that uh, it would take a third round and a sixth round, and you don't want to give that up for a one-year rental, so they'd have to sign him to some sort of an extension because I don't think the Patriots are going to give him the money he wants. He's getting older. Uh, he didn't have a great season last year. He was injured for five games. Uh, but, yeah, a trade for someone like Gilmore or, like we said earlier, uh, Lattimore, that'd be ideal if you can do that and get away with it and have them for at least the next three seasons. Uh, yeah. There's, a, I can't think of who is the biggest uh, cornerback available on the market right now. I was looking up the other night. I can't think of it, but they're 
there are guys out there. Just like if we don't get J.J. Watt, there are other options. Uh, I would like Lattimore to come home and, you know, play what Cleveland to Columbus is about two hours, maybe hour and a half, two hours. So yeah, come home and play for Lattimore. I've heard, you know, Patrick Peterson for the Cardinals. Uh, That was the name. Yep. Yeah. But I I think he wants to stay in Arizona, but it's whether Arizona wants to keep him. Um, Richard Sherman. We've heard that Mm -hmm. Josh Norman for Buffalo. Um, yeah, man, we need some help there. We had, we have a couple trap uh, free agents ourselves, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Money Mitch, we're going to talk about yep. him in, in a second, and uh, Kevin Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't even play last year. So that's what you know, he was on one of those one year deals, and then he didn't get to play. Yeah. And, and then I you think- have, yeah. And then you have Denzel Ward, as you said, he, he, he hasn't played a full season yet. And then, um, Greedy Williams, Greedy Williams, yeah, who missed the whole he's missed the past 20 games and he he didn't play bad when he was actually on the field. It's just you know, he got that uh, shoulder injury and it's nerve damage, so it's not like it's something that you can easily rehab, not easily, no rehab is easy, but uh, it's not something you can just rehab from and come right back. That nerve uh, from mom rating is pretty damaged, and I don't know how much damage it is. There was hope that he was going to play. He even teased it on Twitter that he would play in the playoff game. And obviously he did not do that. So hopefully he's back healthy. And I think that's a big addition in its own right. Yeah. You know, and I, I think we have to go back to the confidence we have in, in Andrew Barry. They know, they know yep. where Greedy Williams is at and they have a pretty good idea if he's going to be ready or he's not going to be ready. So I think they have a good handle on the situation. So absolutely. I'm I'm confident in that. Where where are you at on the the Baker Mayfield contract? Okay, I love Baker Mayfield. I think he is the quarterback for the future of Cleveland. Uh, there's multiple reasons for that. I mean, this year he took a, a tremendous step forward. Uh, he stopped going back and forth with the media. He would take playful jabs. Uh, and as I wrote about with taking anything Colin Coward says with a grain of salt, you know, he flipped the, the cat backwards. You know, that was awesome. You know, he didn't have to say, everyone knew exactly. If you know, if you listen to Colin Coward, you knew exactly what Baker was doing when he flipped that hat backwards. Uh, I, lo- I love him as a leader of this team. I love that before they drafted him, he wanted to come to Cleveland. He wanted to be the number one overall pick and come change the culture in Cleveland, get them back to winning ways. And, uh, you know, had a pretty good rookie season, 27 touchdowns set the rookie record at the time, and then sophomore slump. Last year, he started off not so well, but at the same time, uh, no, no offseason, uh, no real tra- no true training camp like he would have had in years past, and then second half of the season, you know, took off and was one of the top five to ten best quarterbacks in, in all football. Uh, they will pick up. His, they're likely going to pick up his fifth-year option uh, before the May 3rd deadline, which is smart, and they do not have to pay him this year. Uh, they can wait till next offseason. Uh, I think he does get paid, but I think they're going to do something that's creative for uh, for money-wise. He's not going to get you know the, the Deshaun Watson contract or the Russell Wilson contract or the Aaron Rodgers contract. I think, you know, he, I, I can't say this, obviously, I don't know Baker. I don't talk to him, but I think he would take less money you have a better team around him because you know look at Deshaun Watson Houston he wants out 
because they gave him all that money and they had no one else. They traded all their best players and you know, they let J.J. Watt go. Uh, but I, I'm fully on board with Baker Mayfield. I think that he is the guy. And uh, if we get even any sort of – even if we get a fraction of a true offseason, it's only going to get him better. And a lot of people I've seen already say he's a system quarterback. How, how can you say that after one year? Like He's had four head coaches and four offensive coordinators in three years. I don't know any other quarterback in NFL history that's had that and has been, you know, Canton bound after after that time. Yeah, it, it, I'm with you on Baker Mayfield. If you know me and you, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm a big, big Baker Mayfield fan. It, it's it's tricky though, you know. I mean, you you don't want the you know, the Carson Wentz or the Jared Goff situation. I don't think that we would have that. I don't think that Baker Mayfield's going to digress into a bad quarterback. And, you know, that that's just an unfortunate situation with Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. I mean, they paid all this money and then all of a sudden he's not the guy and they're trying to find a taker to, to get him out of town. I don't think that would happen with Baker Mayfield. The scary thing is this is what I don't want to happen. I don't, I don't think this will happen either, but I don't want a Dak Prescott situation where you're, 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 you're franchise tagging them and you're not committing to a long-term deal. And I, I just think that's toxic for the entire organization. The Dak Prescott situation in, in Dallas is messed up, man. Yeah, like, it's a travesty. It is. I mean, how, how can you have a, a healthy environment in your locker room when you have an organization that's not willing to sign him to a long-term deal. I mean, you saw with Kirk cousins, you know, he got chased out of Washington because they yep. were playing, playing that game. And, you know, uh, right. he goes to and Minnesota. He's not even as good as Dak. Yeah. He's not even close to as good as Dak. And yeah. I'm not... to him And, you know, it's just, it, it's crazy how that works. And like, like you said, I don't think that happens with Baker. I don't think they play that game with him and, I don't think they will either, but I, I hope not. I don't think they will, though. I don't think they will. That's just a sad situation in Dallas. I like Dak Prescott. I think yeah. I think he's a top five quarterback. I really do. Yep. Um, you know, last year was unfortunate. It, you know, when he went down, the, especially the way he went down and getting carted off the field, you, you see how important he is to that mm-hmm. team and how that team just took a nosedive after he went out. I mean – yeah, I mean, they weren't that good of a team with him, but he was putting up historical numbers. And, you know, it would I would have loved to see what he finished with yardage-wise and touchdown-wise because he was he was on an absolute tear. And and it just, it's a tragic situation that they won't give him the money. And then, you know, he gets hurt like that. And then it, it, it just, it's just one of those situations that sucks. You know, it's unavoidable, really, and the nature of the beast. But – uh, they should have paid him, and I, I hope they don't just tag him and tag him, and then he leaves and goes elsewhere. Yeah. So, so if I'm understanding this right, the if we sign Baker Mayfield to a long term deal, that money wouldn't take effect until 2023, even if he signed a long term deal this off season. Is that, or, is that right? That's correct, because he'll be under contract for this season, and then if and when they pick up his option by May 3rd, he'll be under contract for next season. And then, you know, let's say he gets $30 million a year, which I, I don't even know if he'll get that much. I don't know. I mean, obviously he's going to want a lot of money, but in the sense that, yeah, I want all the money I can, but I could see them doing some sort of creative deal where it's back-ended, uh, which I think a lot of these deals and free agency are going to be, but yeah, he's under contract this year on his rookie deal. 
next year under his option, he'll be the rookie deal, even if he signed tomorrow. Yeah. So, so he'll be, he'll be in Cleveland for, you know, two more seasons guaranteed. And then after that, you know, hopefully he just, you know, progresses into, you know, the greatest Cleveland quarterback we've ever seen. I want to see it. Yeah. He's the perfect quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. He, he just yep. is. He, he's, I, I love his moxie. I love his toughness. He doesn't make excuses. The teammates love him. Mm-hmm. You can see it on the field. I mean, the teammates just love Baker Mayfield. You know, you look at Richard Higgins. I mean, he took less money just so he can continue to play with Baker Mayfield. So yeah. whenever you got a guy like that, you can't let him walk out your door. And I don't think the Browns nope. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for the Browns over the next couple of seasons because they're going to have to pay Baker in some capacity. Uh, if they want Denzel Ward around, they're going to have to pay him. And then Nick Chubb, if they want to keep him around, they're going to have to pay him. You know, they just paid Miles Garrett. So it's going to be interesting to see what if they can get creative with the cap or what who's going to be a cap casualty and if these deals get done. Yeah, it's it's all interesting. It's it's awesome, it's man. Fun, that's it a, is that's fun. It's fun to, to talk about. Yeah. You know, no it's doubt. A good problem to have. I don't want to see any of those players leave. Uh, you know, I know the. Uh, you know, it's it's bad to keep a running back on a second contract, but I don't think Nick Chubb is like a lot of other running backs. But you know, he he does carry the ball a lot, which I think having Kareem Hunt help this year, he didn't take all of the, you know, the toll that he would. Uh, he did, you know, miss games because of the injury, but. It'll be interesting to see if they keep him and Greedy and Baker and, you know, what happens with Odell and all this. It, it, it's fun times to be a Browns fan, but at the same time, I'm glad I'm not Andrew Barry because that's just a lot of hassles that, you know, like I said, I have full confidence that he, he will be the one to get through that. I'm just glad I don't have to do that. I can just sit on my recliner and type up a bunch of things and be like, well, here's what I would do. Here's this. Take it, Twitter. Yeah, that, that Nick Chubb decision, that's going to be – Interesting to say the least. Uh, let's move into the. We have one Browns Huddle podcast mailbag question. It's from at Casey underscore Kinneman. He's a friend of the show. He asks if you could only re sign one of these three free agents, who are you choosing? Larry Ogunjobi, Money Mitchell, or BJ Goodson? Hmm. Just one. That's tough. Because by process elimination, I'm just eliminating Ogunjobi. I love Ogunjobi, uh, and I think he's progressed, but he's not the one I would resign. Money Mitch Goodson. Goodson played well the second uh, half of the season. He was really good in the red zone. I'd probably say Money Mitch just because of what we talked about earlier and how I feel that we need you know, a lot of help. In the second. I, I, I'm probably going to have to go Money Mitch there. If you ask me the same question again tomorrow, I might say good. But for now, <laughs> right I'm now, go money, Mitch. As of right now, I'll go money, Mitch. Out of those three options, for the sake of time and right now, you're going with money, Mitch. Yep. I, I also answered money, Mitchell, and I thought about this. You know, the the linebacker position, from what I'm seeing, is pretty deep in free agency. Mm-hmm. It really is. There's a lot of linebackers out there that we can sign. I do like B.J. Goodson. Um, Money Mitch, we just talked about the cornerback room. It's not not that deep, and it's pretty fragile Mm -hmm. right now. We used Money Mitch a lot last year. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not the fastest guy, but he's serviceable. 
And I, I would like to see them bring Money Mitch back. And as far as Larry O, I think he's it's a it's a it's a great story. We drafted him. I just think he's gonna price himself out of Cleveland. He he's he's gonna get paid and he should get paid. Yep. I just don't know that we can afford him. And that's really I don't, what it I don't think that to. we Yeah, I don't think we should afford him. Let him go. If he wants to go to greener pastures, then I'm all for it. I'll root for him. Uh but yeah, I would I would I would go oh, he'd be the first one cut if you know, in this situation of you know, by process of elimination. But I hope he gets all the money he desires. And I hope he gets to a situation where he can thrive. Same. Yeah, I wish nothing but the best for Larry Ogunjobi. No doubt about it. Well, Eddie, this is a lot of fun, man. Where I know we covered this in the beginning of the podcast, but where can the listeners find you and just recap what you're into, what you're doing? Sure, at KingEdward15 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow my mind on sports at, uh, at MMOS. Uh, I haven't wrote for them in, in a few weeks. I've been writing more for Dog Pound Daily, which you can also find on Twitter at Dog Pound Daily. Uh, I'm sure if you if you're listening to this, you've probably read some things and you probably said that you know we're all a bunch of idiots and we all have the same opinion. But I assure you that's not true. I would never write for any publication that I have the same opinion as my colleagues. Uh, but yeah, King Edward 15. Uh, that's where you can find me. I post all my articles there. Uh, I post all my links to my podcast, the Petty Eddie Podcast. Find it anywhere. Uh, you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Anchor. Uh, yeah, there's, I have some some guests hopefully lined up. I have some some good content coming for the podcast. So if you're into sports and you're into wrestling, uh, give it a listen. And we gotta we gotta find you, Joe Thomas, to get on your show. Yes, I've been tweeting out in the past few nights, and, uh, and hopefully that that comes to reality. And I tweeted at Eric Metcalf the other night and asked if he'd be interested and he liked it. So I was going about to step in the right direction. All right, well, I'll give him a couple of days and I'll ask again. So, so yeah, Eric Metcalf, Joe Thomas, if you're listening, we're looking for you. That's right. <laughs> well, Eddie, this was a blast, man. I really did have a lot of fun. This is why I do podcasting is to talk to Browns fans like you. It was, I don't know if we've ever interacted on Twitter before. My feeling uh, yeah, is we probably you know, have. We've talked, you know, just occasionally, just like any other thing, but nothing too in-depth. But, you know, I'm glad that I came on this. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I'll have to get you on my podcast sometime. And uh, I would love we'll talk about Browns, but in a, in a different way. I'll, I'll ask questions about Browns, like, you know, fandom and players and all sorts of different things. And we'll set it up sometime. And it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, let's definitely do that for sure. Well, Let's go ahead and end the show, man. I, I've I've had everything I want to see. Do you have anything else you want to cover? I think we're nope, good to I'm go, good. man. Just no, yeah, just follow follow both both of us and uh, and follow all the guys. If you see a Dog Pound Daily article that uh, out there, follow the writer. There's a lot of talented people in that room. I uh, share uh, that room with a lot of talented individuals and a lot a lot more talented than me most times than not. So give every one of them a follow. Well, this was a lot of fun, man. I, I'll I'll talk to you soon, and uh, I like to end all my podcasts with the Go Browns. One, two, three, Go Browns! Go Browns.